Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I'm super excited to have today's guest on because I feel like I know her. It's crazy. I've never met her. We've never even spoken, but she is so authentic and shares so much, first of all, really helpful, practical information, but also in a meaningful, deeply meaningful way all over LinkedIn. So I'm sure many of you know Charlotte Smith. Charlotte, welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited to be on the show. Well, I have to say, folks, when I first started chatting with Charlotte this morning before we hit record on the show, I was delighted to hear this charming accent, which I was like, well, there's an added bonus. I already thought she was amazing. I'm going to love listening to this over and over again. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Charlotte. Yeah. So, um, my name is Charlotte Smith and I am an executive coach for lawyers. And as you can tell from the accent, I am from the UK, but I have been living in the Bay Area now for around six years. And my career started out as an employment lawyer in the UK. I practiced for seven years um, for acting for big name clients such as Hilton Hotels, Expedia, um, and I quickly rose up the ranks in that firm. I was promoted to head of employment law. I was recognized in a 30 under 30 awards for my contribution to legal innovation at that firm. And I was one of the youngest individuals to be offered partnership there. But, wow. <laughs> and, and this is kind of like the huge but part. Um, <laughs> what, what really, you know, should have been this incredibly joyous, like pinnacle of like my career so far. Um, actually under the surface, I was kind of quite unhappy. I was moving from goal to goal without truly savoring the success. Like as soon as I achieved success, I was like, right, what's next? Um, and the reality was that I was really overloaded and I just didn't feel like I was living a happy, purposeful life. And it's really strange when things like that happen because lo and behold, a few days later after I'd been offered um, partnership at the law firm, my husband came home from work and he had an exciting job offer of his own. And that was the opportunity to move to Silicon Valley. Wow. And so, yeah. And so within a few weeks, we moved out here and that was 2014. Wow. Um, so let me just say a few yeah. things about that amazing journey. Um, first of all, congratulations. Um, that is very difficult to do, the journey that you just described. I know a number of young associates and young partners who dream of that track and I have to tell you, I honestly, not to, you know, look, mm -hmm. I love lawyers. I'm married to a lawyer. He's a litigator. He still litigates even in the kitchen sometimes. I'm like, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know a lot of lawyers who are living that same life. It's, it's about the goal rather than what's in between each. And it's about the score rather than the game. And I, I, 
I find a lot of them, um, I'm close to a lot of lawyers. I have a lot of lawyers in my life. I've worked with them for 20 years. Many of them are not happy. And I think that if they engage in more of what you do and what you teach them to do, like client feedback or business development or, you know, marketing yourself in a meaningful way, um, they might enjoy their positions and their jobs. Now, we're not going to talk about the beast of a billable hour because I think that's the biggest problem of all, mm -hmm. but that's my opinion. Um, but I'm glad that you made this decision. I'm glad the universe shone a light on you and your husband and said, you need to move. So we have you here now in California, and that's super great. Um, I love that you were courageous, courageous enough to say that you just weren't happy. Even though you were getting all these accolades, you just weren't happy. That's super powerful. Thank you. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's been a really interesting journey and um, I will not say that it is easy and that it was plain sailing. There have certainly been bumps in the road and it has felt like a roller coaster at times, but I, I can really say that right now I, you know, I'm truly living that, happy purposeful life where i can be successful but also do the things that are important to me so i've really been able to cultivate my dream work life and now that is actually what i do for lawyers and you know my message is not about hey lawyers let's all quit our jobs and <laughs> go sunbathe on a beach in bali do some yoga I mean, as much as amazing as that sounds, um, it's truly possible to have a happy and fulfilled life as a lawyer with the I right support that. and the right guidance. Like, so yeah. <laughs> I kind of imagine you have some sort of um, secret insight considering you actually walked in their shoes as opposed to someone like myself who also does, um, I work with lawyers, but do different things. I train in different ways but I have never been a lawyer. I have never been on the partner track or, you know, hitting those milestones and goalposts, as you said earlier. So I think that ability to relate and empathize with them is quite attractive, I'm sure, to many prospects and current clients. Yeah, I, th I think it, it definitely helps that um, I have that lawyer brain. <laughs> I have those perfectionistic <laughs> tendencies, um, you know, and there's a lot that bubbles on in the surface certain professions attract certain personality types so yes. you know I, I definitely get that because I have walked in those shoes and I've you know experienced some of those same challenges yes yes um it's it's so funny have you what you're saying I, this book comes to mind have you ever read um oh I hope I get the name of it right but you'll recognize a whole new mind by Daniel Pink Yes, yes. I really like Daniel Pink's work. Yeah, so you remind me of his book Personified. You lived the left brain, then you embraced the right brain, and now you live the whole new mind. Um, so yeah. I love that. that you, you sort of, you know, when you were talking about how you can relate, yet you love what you do now, and there's a certain personality that practices law. Um, but there's also a certain personality that embraces the business of law, which is very different from the practice of law. And it seems to me you're that kind of person. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I want to know what your proudest professional accomplishment is to date, because I know that you'll have many, many more in your career 
But for now, what would you consider your proudest professional accomplishment? Well, so it's interesting that question because, you know, we've just been through some of those, you know, what you would typically think would be, you know, a huge career accomplishment. Um, however, what I see as being my proudest accomplishment to date is actually just being where I am right now. I love that. I, you know, as a child, I always kind of imagined living life abroad and, and, and just, you know, really experiencing that, living in a different country. Um, I always, I went into the law because I wanted to help people. And I was a very creative individual as a child. And so I have actually been able to cultivate a career where I have that autonomy where I am making good money as well. Like, the, you know, none of this has taken away from um, the, the way that I can earn and support my family. It, taking, you know, stepping outside of the law has not, um, you know, impacted that in any way. Was that and, a big fear in the beginning? That was a big fear in the beginning. Um, and I think that that comes up for a lot of my clients as well as lawyers, you know, especially when you're working in big law, you get used to a certain level of remuneration. You get used yeah. to, you know, and then your lifestyle adjusts to it. And so a lot of people have um, fears, limiting beliefs around, you know, if I have to leave the law, what is that going to mean from a financial standpoint? And we all have those gremlins that come out and the limiting beliefs, it's not going to be possible for me. So therefore I, you know, I have to stay in this role because I need to support my family and you I know, think doing something. Describes the majority. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and not to motivate people with fear or buy fear or use fear to sell services, but in the lawyer condition, and I say that not as opposed to the human condition, but I think lawyers have a special set of fears. Um, they're motivated by fear. Everything they do is based on, you know, finding fault and, you know, the billable hour and, oh, I want to go on vacation with my family, but I have so much work to do that when I get back, I'm going to be miserable. And all I'm doing while I'm there on vacation is thinking about this. And um, so they, they live in that, in that sort of anxious space. I think. Yeah. Um, and that, that's such an amazing insight, Susan, because it comes up so much in my work, like that, you know, we talked about the lawyer brain and as lawyers, you are conditioned, you are trained at law school. And then in, you know, all of the work that you do to be incredibly analytical, yes. you have to preempt like, what is the worst case scenario? Yes. How am I going to be strategic and maneuver around these different blocks in the road or challenges? But you're always thinking worst case scenario so that you have like this strategy and this backup plan but when your brain is wired in that way and gets used to thinking you know th those patterns then it increases the anxiety and it goes into feeding that level of unfulfillment and stress and dissatisfaction that shows up and I think it spills over into the personal life often you 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 fail to separate um it becomes such an intrinsic part of your thinking and even your feeling, uh, which are two very different things, 
that your behaviors exhibit more of a fear motivated behavior. Like I said, I want to end my vacation early so that I can get back and get my work done. I'm not really in the present moment with my family on vacation. So that's just one example. Um, I think what you've done is remarkable. You still have the analytical mind, yet you've tapped into the creative and how to help others do the same. Um, I think that's great. That's really, really great. Um, may I ask who has inspired you? Perhaps you had a mentor or even better, a sponsor um, along the way. Who has inspired you? So I like this question, but I find it a very difficult one to answer because I am so blessed to have like <laughs> and be surrounded by so many amazing friends, like former awesome. peers, like women that I went to law school with who have done incredible things. Some are in the law, some have actually gone into business and they inspire me every day. Um, friends from my coaching program that have all had um you know amazingly interesting career histories they inspire me with what they are doing and how they are being of service to the world but if i was to pick one individual who really has inspired me throughout my life i would say that it is my 97 year old grandmother oh wow and, um she she basically when i was 12 years old my father passed away and he was an only child and she was just such a huge rock like from that moment I always remember her you know being there listening to me without judgment um she's the type of person that has never has like a bad word to say about anyone and can see the positive um you know in any situation and she's had her own like very difficult past and you know the, the tragedy loss yeah. but can show up um you know with half happiness in in the face of adversity um she can see joy in adversity you probably um i mean that is the saddest thing when we outlive yeah. children so you should never people that's just not the normal course of life events you should never outlive your children but um the fact that she had you as her light bright light hope you know, um, I think that's a beautiful relationship the two of you have. And the way that you describe her ability to find joy after such a tragic event. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I always say that, at least in this country, I know Americans, we, we know entertainment, but we, we do not often know joy. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference there. Um, yeah you know, true joy comes from within. Entertainment is put upon, put upon us. So um, I love that story. And you say she's alive today, 97? Yes, she is. And she's still as sharp as ever, which is, you know, blows my mind <laughs> completely. Um, you know, mine she has... Too. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, beautiful, I... beautiful mentor to have. And I love that you started your story or your answer with, this is difficult because um, I love that versus having a list, a bullet list of, you know, some professionals who helped you get partnership or someone. Who yeah. Helped, yeah. That was very, very meaningful and beautiful um, that you said that. Let me ask you this. Um, and I think you're the same way, but the core of my business, my business model, this podcast I do for a giving, but even in the work that I do for a living, it's all about fighting for equity in the workplace and creating fairness for women and men, not just, you know, one over the other, that wouldn't be equity. Right. 
So what do you think we can do to support women in business and lift one another up? So for me, <laughs> life experience here, I felt like as a child at school, there was always, you know, the cliques, there was like yeah. the cool clique, you know, at law school, um, there was the big law clique <laughs> and so on. And, and often that is what happens. Um, and you see it, you know, all the time in different kind of social, social situations. But when you see groups dividing and separating, it's like they have their own personal game of thrones there's <laughs> the politics <laughs> there is you know just the kind of like nonsense bs that you know really can sit around like the you know the, the different organizational structures and i think that it's really important for all of us um male female um but particularly women to let go of that mindset yes um, and I recall um, as a junior lawyer reading Lean In yes. and I remember reading that and being like this, this is so cool and um, just it really resonated and so when I you know and, and I think that we've all experienced this to a certain degree when you felt triggered by another woman's success ask yourself why why am I feeling triggered and um what what mindset do you have around that and often people will um you know answer or it, it's that you have this fear that they're going to take a piece of your pie right. <laughs> they're going to take that file off my desk they're going to get to partner faster than me and you have this whole like comparison um narrative in your mind so you have to let that go you have to let the clique nonsense go you have to let comparison go and you just have to be free you have to be authentic and be true to yourself and you really need to think about when um you are triggered why are you triggered Believe in yourself, believe in all of your successes and really believe in how powerful you are. And then when you have got that mindset, it helps you to lift others up. And so, you know, there's, there's those sayings, aren't they? Always hire people that are smarter than you because it makes you look good. Um, and I really believe in karma i believe in if you do good people see that people recognize that and ultimately that is going to benefit you as well so it's that collaborative approach um and yeah i think that when you can let go of judgment around others judgment towards yourself you can lift others up yeah so i want to talk about that that is very mm -hmm. no one's ever answered that question that way i've done 160 mm -hmm. some odd interviews no one's ever said that <laughs> um, that not that is precisely what i teach it is why i got into the business i got into exactly the scenario that you just painted um i call them mean girls you beautifully with that accent call them cliques but <laughs> <laughs> go right up there and say mean girls and yeah, and I ask, who has hurt you and why are you operating from a place of fear and scarcity rather than love and abundance? Um, so you hit the nail right on the head. That, you know, it's very personal what you just said, because that is what prompted me to do the, the work that I do. Exactly. Yeah. 
And I had never faced that. It's really interesting because um, now here it is, you're interviewing me, but uh, <laughs> I had never faced that um, until I was 50. Literally, I had been in a sorority in the South, which is known for that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. And I did not experience that. I have no sisters. Um, and I just never experienced that until later in life. And I was just shocked. And my inclination as a nurturer was to try to help the people who were hurting me um, until it became to look like Stockholm syndrome. And then I was yeah. like, gotta go, letting go, not going to take this anymore. Good luck. Um, but there are a lot of women out there who have those same fears and do operate from that place where you just, um, the triggers that make yeah. you not happy for another woman's success and not promote another woman's uh, unique strengths and skills and talents. Um, yeah. Which is exactly why I do this podcast, Charlotte. That's like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So from the yeah. darkness comes the light, right? I had mm -hmm. bad experiences. So now I do good for others. And I believe yeah. in karma as well. Um, yeah. You said that karma will recognize the good that you do and bring more good into your life. I also realized that um, karma will recognize the bad that you do. So <laughs> be careful. <laughs> and I, th I think like just to kind of like add to that a little bit, um, I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast oh, and um, there was a really interesting episode about anxiety and how we're experiencing anxiety during you know times of covid and we have like patterns that are wired into our brains but when someone is anxious when someone is fearful it is contagious and it's like that yes. toxic culture as well it you know if, if you have these mean girls and this clique it permeates an organization and it can quickly become toxic whereas if you can show up inspired um, and lead, then that is contagious. And it's exactly what you are doing with this podcast. By putting this content out there, you are inspiring others and you're spreading that energy, which I just think is, you know, really uplifting to Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think that just following you on LinkedIn, look, folks, you're going to get a lot of mushy gushy here because I love this woman on LinkedIn. Um, follow her posts. She shares not only the content, but the delivery mechanism. Everybody um, has posted on LinkedIn before, but the way that you do it, Charlotte, is almost prose-like. You see what I'm saying? The way that you break up the content and so it's not just the words that you share, but it's how you share them, the visual appeal. And, you know, your voice comes through, not your accent because it's written words, but your voice comes through in your LinkedIn messages. And I have followed you for quite a while and I like your post and I did not know you before today's podcast. I feel like I know you better now. <laughs> I would love to meet you for a cup of uh, coffee in real life once we're allowed. Um, but yeah, you, you have a way with... Um, telling a beautiful story and still giving meaningful tips and tactics and tools, you know? So it's not just theoretical, it's, you know, application as well. So follow Charlotte on LinkedIn if you don't already, folks. Um, she's really got a lot of good stuff to say, not just to talk, but to say something. There's a difference. Um, listen, I want to ask you something. It sounds like you're open to talking about challenges and setbacks why don't you tell us maybe something you're willing to share um and the lesson in it or how you overcame that challenge or setback yeah yeah so i'm very open and i'm very transparent about the challenges that 
I have faced and faced like because you know we are experiencing COVID right now a lot of us are locked up with our partners with our children <laughs> and it isn't easy let's let's just kind of throw that out there <laughs> and I think that it's really important to be authentic and not just have this you know persona of everything is perfect you need to be relatable um and yeah so my one of the biggest challenges that I have really experienced was after leaving the law I had these big plans you know we talked about the left brain right brain I had this creative energy and I had this vision (laughs) that I was going to this like you know transatlantic creative agency (laughs) I don't even know (laughs) and um (laughs) but I moved to the US and I had zero network I knew no one not one person when I moved here and it was really really hard to move away from being a lawyer but never having experience worked working in you know marketing and you know that whole space so it, it was difficult it was challenging and I you know built a business around that but it was really hard and I started to have this narrative inside myself, like, should I really have left the law? I'm a failure. <laughs> I'm not good enough to do this. And, you know, all of that stuff really came up. Then I became pregnant with my first child. So again, like that really impacted my confidence and my belief in myself because I was putting pressure on myself to create this business whilst also trying to you know grow a child (laughs) and and, um, I was away from my friends I was away from my family it was really hard but I think that the great thing about all of this is that sometimes some of our hardest darkest moments where you feel the most stuck the most lonely um can really go towards being the thing that pushes you um, into the light and back into this place where you can succeed. So, you know, after like really hitting my kind of rock bottom and feeling like a failure, I decided to start reading and really got into personal development. And I explored what is my zone of genius. Um, And I would really... There's a, a podcast by Laura Garnett yeah. who talks about zone of genius. And yes. the concept is like looking at where your talents and passions collide. And that will help give you an indication of like what the right career trajectory is for you. And when I found that, I found myself again. And I was able to, you know, go to professional coach training and, and really pursue that career where I can inspire and motivate people and it aligns with my passion for wellness and well-being and it fuses all of that legal experience so sometimes we have to go through that in order to get to where we are now. I want to say the way you articulated that negative experience as a positive is so that's real life right so those who are, and I use the phrase spiritually more mature, it has nothing to do with religion, just to be clear. Being spiritually mature is when you recognize uh, the growth and the beauty that comes from the deep, dark, hard parts of your life. The pain results in something miraculous. Um, and I know without getting too graphic, for me, 
I envision, and you know, when you change your mind, you change the world, right? Mm -hmm. So because perspective and perception, your own are powerful. So I always say, you know, the tough times are like labor pains, only knowing that at the end of this, something great will come of it, right? Yeah. So you have articulated that story beautifully. And I think that those people who don't acknowledge the dark parts or the pain, or they just brush over them or pretend they're not there or act as if, um, you know, they're not experiencing mm -hmm. that. They're in grave danger of not living their fullest, highest, best life and maybe even shortening their lives, um, literally, by yeah. recognizing um, those things. So I advise when people come to me, and they do, um, to sit with it, sit with the pain, try to figure out what's the purpose of this, the lesson in this, and then take all those great lessons you learn. And that's when you change your mind. And lo and behold, your life will change. Something good comes of it. So you're the perfect example. That story was very powerful. I'm not surprised. Um, I feel like I've known you for a thousand years now, and I haven't. It's been <laughs> what, a matter of minutes, but you're such a good, compelling storyteller. And this is exactly why you're the type of person I love to have on the show. So um, you have already told us lots of surprising things about you because one, I never knew you before, but two, um, you know, even people who do know you may not know something about you. And I would ask if you're willing to share that you share that surprising fact. Well, there's multiple ways that I can go with this. <laughs> I recently signed up to a crystal healing course, but we won't do that. Interesting. <laughs> I used to be um, on TV for foraging for wild foods and having a paleo food blog and supper club. But <laughs> my, my favorite story is the story of when I was probably about a second year associate and it was Christmas. And in um, the UK, a lot of people go to Lapland, which is kind of in the Arctic Circle, um, above like Iceland, Sweden. Um, and they go to see Santa Claus. And it is this kind of really well-produced um, experience with like dog sledding and wow. real Santa and elves. And, you know, all of that is going on. and. This one Christmas, um, the employees who were college students decided that they weren't getting paid in line with European regulations. <laughs> and so they decided that they were going to go on strike. Oh, no! Santa's so, went on I know. Strike. Christmas was cancelled. And so lo and behold... <laughs> who had to board a flight, <laughs> multiple flights, to get to Lapland during Christmas. Um, and I had to encourage the defecting elves to get back to work. Wow, but Charlotte Smith saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like a cheesy like Hallmark film or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... So I like to roll that one out at Christmas, but I felt you might appreciate it. <laughs> I love that story. Most labor and employment attorneys I know don't have happy, fun stories like that. <laughs> I, I, I neglected to mention as well that actually off-duty Santa Claus picked me up um, at the airport wearing joggers, but still having, you know, the full beard. <laughs> So, if we see him in San Francisco, we run away. 
<laughs> have, yeah, I'm not going to stereotype, but that's so funny. That is really, really great story. Um, yeah. I, I started something this week with my podcast that I haven't done in the 160 um, episodes that I have recorded, or about that many. But I started something new this week, and I hope that you're okay with it. If not, tell me. But it's called the wild card question. So are you game? I'm game. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So I have about 150 questions, and I pull a card out, and I ask the guest a question. I just pulled this card out, and it says, something you know today that you wish you could tell your past self. What is really coming to mind right now um, with, you know, the, the flashing lights, <laughs> the word <laughs> self-compassion. Uh-huh. I think that that is so important for women, for lawyers, for busy parents. We are our, our, we are our own worst critics. Yes. And actually, if we could give ourselves a little bit of grace, if we could say like how how would I be advising my friend in this situation versus like, how am I speaking to myself right now and really get present and notice like the way that you talk to yourself because it's so important and it's something that we're not always trained to do or conscious of doing. And Charlotte Smith, you just described a process of self-actualization when we love ourselves enough then we give permission to others to love us as well. If we don't yeah. love ourselves, why would they? Yeah, yeah. And it applies to, to everything. It helps us to become good leaders, good parents, good partners, um, when we can give ourselves self-compassion. So it's, it's so important. What and it actually helps us answer. to succeed. So... Um, you are one remarkable woman. I knew that before, but I'm blown away. I think the element of um, having seen you on video so that, you know, I could read your facial expressions, your body, exp- your nonverbal mm-hmm. body movements and such, the way you communicate that way. And now hearing you tell your stories, you're an amazing storyteller. Um, I think you're actually, I, I interview, this is not to slam any of the BD coaches out there, okay? So if you're listening, I love you all um, because we all speak different languages and the buyer's language is what you need to speak. So great that we're all out there. But I will say this, Charlotte Smith, um, if I were a lawyer and had uh, a BD coach or wanted to hire a, a personal development or professional development coach, I would hire you. That's, that's so sweet. And I really appreciate that really kind, heartfelt um, comment and, and recognition. <laughs> yeah, so I, I teach about communications and you, you hit all the important points, you know, the, the content, the delivery, the voice, the style, the pace, the, the listening with empathy and not judgment. You even mentioned that. You didn't use those words, but you said that your grandmother did that. Um, and I, I pick up on everything, even the underlying messages when I um, interview people on my podcast. So thank you for being you and thank you for being here and sharing you with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening in.